So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rana McBerto. Well, is your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. I just have a couple of videos to show you. How? Yeah, a couple of videos to show you. And then we're going to have a talk. We're going to talk about the filibuster. We're going to talk about why it is essential. Why it is essential for all of us to call our representatives, specifically Democratic representatives, and tell them the filibuster must go. The filibuster must die. The filibuster is a clear and present danger to the middle class. The filibuster is a clear and present danger to the poor. The filibuster is a clear and present danger to most people in this country. And we're going to go over that. It is essential that we don't leave these politicians in this in the nascent time where we are just starting, at their own behest, we have to engage now. We have to make sure and be there now. Before all these rules are made where they said, oh, our hands are tied. We have got to get in there now and understand the concepts. And that's why today we're going to talk about the filibuster. So now, what is the show going to be about today? Other than that, let me go ahead and put that on the screen, my brothers and my sisters. Title of the show today is, and you mean I didn't have the original thing of the show up? What's going on, Egberto? You should have had the actual page up, and I didn't. Democrats, stop pussyfooting. The undemocratic filibuster must go now. The Senate is already a very undemocratic body. The filibuster makes it near exponentially worse. That biased structure hurts most. It really does hurt most. So what I hope is that uh, for those of you that are engaging, if you're just getting here, I want to ask you so kindly, whether you're on Facebook or any other platform, please go ahead and share. Please go ahead and share right now. We need you to share the program. We need you to make sure that everybody gets a chance to see what we're all about. Let them see that what we're doing here is to make sure that things get done. So I don't know. Without further ado, let me play my first, uh, the first video here because this young lady here really got to me. And I mean, when I say really got to me, it's great to see fundamentally she thinks her thought process is beyond her 23 years. Okay, let's go there. Can you believe I missed that? 
I was mesmerized by Amanda Gorman's words. That's the young poet laureate that read that great poem at the Biden uh, inauguration. But you know what? That was written and prepared, and she had time to think about it, etc. I tell you what impressed me even more. She gave an interview to Lester Holt. And I want you to listen to the words that she used, the expressions that she gave for how she came up with the poem with Lester. I mean, I think that is even more touching, more inspiring than the poem proper. Check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. There is this moment of just kind of horror and, you know, disgust of what was happening. But then I also felt an enormous responsibility to say, okay, this is occurring. What am I going to do about it? And even more importantly, what am I going to write about it in this moment in time? And so I definitely tried to weave through that type of understanding and reconciliation with this event in the poem. That is to say, I wanted to use the words to re-sanctify a space in a building that had been violated. I wanted to use my words to kind of re-purify this idea of the United States, which we'd seen so tainted via violence. Wow, the way she puts those words, re-sanctify the space and in effect redefine America in such a manner that that is who we are, that is not who we have to be. Reading between those lines, it's like a rebirth. Wow. I think uh, there's a, there are a whole lot more words to come. She said uh, she wants to be president when she's the right age. I think, um, you know, when a president doesn't have to know everything. But what a president has to be able to do, a good president, is to touch people. Barack Obama was able to touch people. Uh, Daniel, Don, Donald Trump was able to touch nobody, but he was able to bring out the fear, the violence out of people. We need a lot more people that's able to bring the positive out of humanity. I'm, I can't wait till you are my president, Amanda Gorman. I can't wait till Amanda Gorman becomes my president. All right, welcome aboard, Linda Jo Kensinger. Welcome aboard, Eric Hayes. Welcome aboard, Michael Rodnin. Welcome aboard, May Wood. Welcome aboard, uh, para ver quién más está aquí. Welcome aboard, Julie Van Ostel. Welcome aboard, Bridge MCP, the founder of the PDR Posse. Uh, let's see, welcome aboard, AVQ. Welcome aboard, Michael. Michael Rodnin, as usual, started out. Right on schedule, Republicans pretend to care about deficits again. It's almost like clockwork. As soon as a Democrat enters the White House, Republicans pretend to care about deficits again. These fall-weather fiscal hawks neglect to mention, of course, that the GOP's prized 2017 tax cut added nearly $2 trillion to the deficit back when the economy was doing okay. And let me tell you a little bit further. Let's be honest, though. Like I said... What we do on politics done right is we are honest. What Democrats are asking for is $1.9 trillion right now. That $2 trillion, actually it was $1.5 something trillion dollars, was over 10 years. So let's mix apples and apples. But the fact of the matter is it was a, it was a deficit again, and it was monies that didn't need to be spent. 
And there's another thing that I need to come out and on, let people understand real well. Supply, there are two kinds of economic thought, supply side and demand side. Supply side says the following. I give all the money to the producers. I give all the tax breaks to the guys on top. And you, you hear them use trickle down a lot, but a lot of people don't quite understand what trickle down means. It means I give you all that money on top, and then you go ahead and invest it, and then create jobs, and somehow that trickles down because people now have jug, jobs, etc. We it, the, 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 that, that philosophy makes no sense, right? In fact, it's under Ronald Reagan several years back, uh, President Herb, uh, George Herbert Walker Bush called that philosophy voodoo economics. And the reason he called it voodoo economics is that is exactly what it is. Let me explain why. If you give money to the people who supposedly, if you give money to the, to the people who are going to supposedly create jobs, but there's no demand for those jobs created, uh, think about this. How do you know what to produce? You don't. You absolutely don't. So there are two sides. Supply side says, I give money to the producers. I give money to the rich people. They're going to invest. Invest in what? What are people without money buying? They're going to also create jobs. Create jobs to build what? And that's exactly why it always fails. I, I want to bring in somebody before I continue here um, because he's been calling every day for the last several days. Are you, uh, who am I speaking to? Is this uh, Paul? Yeah, hi, this is Paul from Spring. What's going on? Great, Paul, this is great. I mean, if in, the, in the middle of a narrative, I wanted to bring you in because remember we're having problems for the last two days getting you in. Let me finish my oh, narrative yeah, I, and then I will be with you, okay? Oh, I'm patient. I, it takes an hour for me to drive home. <laughs> okay, no problem, brother. <laughs> okay, but Thanks, he, here's the deal. Here's the deal, folks, and this is very, very important. It has always been a lie that supply-side economics work. It has always been a lie. That is why George H. Walker Bush, Bush number two's daddy, called it voodoo economics. Uh, Paul, could you put yourself on mute for a second uh, uh, so that we, we don't get the feedback? Anyhow, that is why we get that thing called uh, – that's why the money never trickled down because they don't know what to build. They don't know what people want. However, if you give tax credits or tax break, not tax credits, if you give monies directly to people, either by creating jobs that are there now, jobs that must be done anyway, in other words, build a road, build a bridge, build something, or even give them a basic income, they are going to decide what to spend that money on. So they may buy more bread. That means that farmer knows that he has to plant more grain. They may buy another car. That means GM knows he needs to build another car. And then they will invest the money into places where people actually want to do something. Now, you go give the money to a rich person. That rich person may say, I wonder if that person is going to want a car. Let me hold back on this money that I got here because I may go build cars and nobody buy it. The supply side theory has always been a force. I discussed that in my book, 
as I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. In fact, we knew it was a fraud because the guy who wrote it for, for, uh, for Reagan later admitted that it was a fraud. He admitted that it made no sense. I don't remember the name of the budget director who said that at the time. But he admitted that voodoo economics was, in fact, voodoo economics. But Republicans have never let go of that fallacy. And they, they always say, well, look under Reagan, the economy exploded. Wrong. Reagan did not use supply-side economics to explode the budget. Reagan used theft. He used theft. And let me explain what I mean by that. He gave huge tax cuts to wealthy people. A lot of people got huge tax cuts. But at the same time, he deficit spent it. What does that mean? I give huge tax cut to rich people who buy whatever they want to buy. But at the same time, I deficit spend to give middle class folks a few things. I build a few things. And what you get is what I call, it is, it's, believe it or not, it is MMT. It is modern monetary theory that, Donald Trump, that, that, uh, that Reagan used. He didn't use anything conservative. He spent like a madman. At the time that Reagan was in power, no other president had a deficit like Ronald Reagan. Think about that. Ronald Reagan used, what he used was Keynesian economics, look up the word, Keynesian economics to revive the economy after it crashed. That's what he used. And the Republicans, because it also had a tax cut, which in that case was theft, they sold it as being, oh, look at what cutting taxes did. It wasn't the tax cut that did it. It was throwing deficit spending, building up the military with deficit spending. If you build up the military, what you're doing? You're creating jobs. So we have to get the truth out. And my problem with Democrats right now is that Democrats never go out there actively like we are talking about it right now and inform Americans about how things really work. We have to inform Americans so that they don't continue to make the same mistakes. Yes, we also have to do it within the ideological scope. In other words, me just telling somebody facts is not going to work. I explained that in my other book. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing neighbor, friends, and family, all that good stuff. You can't just go and say, hey, one plus one is equal to two. You must understand that. No, that's not how it works. You also have to build relationships so that people can understand that what you're saying is not ideology, but it's something that both of you can sit down and talk about. But anyhow, today we're talking filibuster and some other stuff. But let me get Paul in. Paul, talk to me. How you doing, brother? Yeah, hey, uh, since Biden is talking about, um, you know, working together and uh, cooperation, I have a great way that we can reach across the aisle. Yes. So on my blog, what I did is post an idea that, uh, hey, Senator Ted Cruz, our guy, let's help him out. Since he has blood on his hands, we could send soap donations to Senator Ted Cruz, Russell Senate Office Building, Suite 127A, Washington, D.C. What do you think of that? Wait, repeat that. I missed that. I missed that. I missed that. Say that again. Well, Ted Cruz, he has blood on his hands. Yes, he so does. So we should send him soap donations to his office in Washington, D.C. Yes, we should. I agree with you. Yes, we should. Yes. Mine is going out in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paul. Hey, I love all you do. 
I love all you do. I just wanted to put that out there in the universe. Well, look, Paul, you're a good, you're a good guy. Keep up, uh, keep keep up the following, my brother. And uh, let me let me tell you something. Um, it go, it's going to take all of us. If you, any, by the way, anybody who's listening to me right now, please remember to share this program. And the reason why it is so important to share this program is that a lot of what you're hearing in the mainstream media, you're not going, they're not going to tell you in detail because they themselves are dependent on the corporate sector to fund that. That's why they have all these, they advertise all these medicines and drugs that really don't work. And nobody can talk bad about it because, again, they're paid for it. Thank you very much for calling in, Brother Paul. Peace out, buddy. Bye. All right, you take care. Anyhow, listen, guys. So, uh, so I need you to I, I need you to understand these concepts very well. Um, I I see some. It looks like I have a little commotion going on here between Eric Hayes and a few people. Let me see. Hey, guys. Let me just tell you. Uh, let's. Eric Hayes is a is a conservative uh, in in here. Let's all. You know, we we. We communicate this stuff, communicate among each other so that we can change minds. Let's see what Eric is saying here. Renewable or what for what cheaper than oil? Absolutely so. Uh, we need to get 100% renewables by 2030 in order to mitigate. And, you know, it's doable. It's doable. The people who don't want that are people like OPEC and the oil industry, and they will pay whatever it costs to misinform. That's a fact. All right, let's see what else do I need to quote here before I go to my other video. Uh, Julie Van Sell says, I've been Googling this young poet and have come across so many more beautiful videos. I'm mesmerized by the depth of her thinking and breadth of her talent. She is very, very good. I did that last night as well. Uh, Fact check says false. Uh, Those are temporary. Oh, okay, so I know what you guys are talking about. You're talking about the Excel project that got that. that got cut. Let, let's let's go through some uh, some calculations here, people. Short term loss for full time and eternal. Breaking up is hard to do, but when it comes to your wireless carrier, you should have left a while ago. You deserve better. Xfinity Mobile. Break free from the big three. Get unlimited with 5G included for $30 a month when you get four lines on Xfinity Mobile. Prices may vary and are subject to change. Reduce speeds at 20 gigabytes per line. Breaking up is hard to do, but when it comes to your wireless carrier, you should have left a while ago. You're over the big three carriers. You deserve better. Xfinity Mobile. Now you can get unlimited with 5G included for just $30 a month on the nation's fastest, most reliable network. So break free from the big three and save with Xfinity Mobile. Take the savings challenge at XfinityMobile.com slash savings to see how much you can save when you get Xfinity Mobile and Internet together. Reduced speeds at 20 gigabytes per line. Most reliable based on Root Metrics U.S. report. Results vary, not an endorsement gain. Those of you who are concerned about a few hundred jobs, maybe a few thousand jobs from one pipeline that in effect takes away a lot of jobs. Otherwise, you see, one of the things, one of the things that um, I was talking to a, a, a think tank out in France, I interviewed the, the, the I think her, it's called Re, Reboot, Reboot. You guys look up Reboot.com or Reboot.org. I don't remember the name of it. I interviewed the founder of that think tank a few days ago. And she was talking about something called critical thinking and uh, fake news. And the reason we, we spoke about that is because our current lack of critical thinking, that we don't have critical thinking any longer, we are not taught it as we should anymore. It means that fake news becomes effective. 
And what I find myself doing a lot of times, especially with my conservative brothers and sisters, is having to debunk fake news after fake news after fake news. But let me tell you what is the biggest problem I have with my conservative brothers and sisters. After it is debunked, and they, within their hearts, know that it's debunked, the first, the, the thing that they many times they want to do is go further to see if they can find some corroborating information for what we've just debunked. As opposed to using critical thinking to say, oh, let me go further into what I just learned and move on from there and then be a part of the truth police. Be a part of that person who is going to make things right. And that's what we have to do. So there are two things. There's a moral thing with the, with the, the pipeline and there is a financial thing with the pipeline. The moral thing with the pipeline is those people don't want it there. The natives don't want the pipeline. We have no right to try to get the pipeline or force them to have a pipeline they don't want. It's their land. If, if somebody decided they wanted to build a pipe, if, if Japan said, I want to build a pipeline across, uh, across uh, Florida, we would ask them if they're crazy. So that's, that, that should close that argument right there. Punto y final. Pero esto. The other thing, though, is financial. Building that pipeline extends the, extends the reach of oil. It, that, and that oil isn't even coming to, for us in the United States. That oil is coming to the Gulf Coast or somewhere else so that it can be shipped overseas. Dirty oil at that. And all that does is increases the amount of time before we can actually get off of oil. And it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. So, I mean, as far as uh, Biden has that right to stop the pipeline, he has the right to do that. We will gain a lot more jobs as we do the sensible thing with green energy. We are building a lot of so here in Texas, Texas all over the Houston area, in a lot of fields, they're starting to open up jobs to do what again? Build solar farms, good paying jobs. And it does two things. Clean the air because when, that, is, that is oil not thrown, I mean, carbon not thrown into the air and otherwise. But anyhow, I got to continue with another video before, well, let me go down the list here and see if there's anything else I need to answer real quick. I, let's see, I roll in number one indicator. Let's see, uh, let's see, right? Now, I'm going to let you guys discuss that among each other. Uh, for construction jobs, the two most important sectors that feed into one another, money in poor people's pocket to increase economic growth and money into infrastructure. Reynolds has the economic answer of the day. Norman Reynolds have the economic answer of the day. And the reason he has the economic answer of the day is when you put money into the hands of people who spend it the quickest, then you win. <clears throat> the economy takes off right away because immediately we know what has to be built. Immediately we know uh, it, it, the money starts to turn around. That's just Economics 101, folks. Economics 101. All right, Eric says, uh, dude, you're absent-minded and not very smart. Judge people you know. Come on, guys. Er Eric, you don't need to be using doofus on anybody here. And folks, 
Don't be insulting on this thread. We respect everybody in this thread, in this room. So Eric, insult nobody, and insult nobody, and nobody, please do not insult Eric either, or who, whichever other conservative or progressive is in this room. That's not how we operate here. We are respectful to everybody. What we try to do is communicate with minds. Thank you. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Para ver, para ver, para ver. Maywood says, uh, getting petroleum from OPEC is buying it on the open market. Now, guess where all that tar sands petroleum is going to wind up? Sure, wa uh, won't wind up in our markets. No, it's not. It's going overseas. The reason for Canadians sending it down here is that it's so dirty, so volatile, so dangerous, and so polluting in the refining process that Canada doesn't want it there. But the Koch brothers, they'll refine it in Galveston. They'll refine it in, in, uh, in Texas City. They'll refine it in all these other places, she's right. But it's even worse than that, okay? Uh, well, well, we'll talk about that a, a, a another time. Yes, she's very good. All right, let's continue, let's continue. Uh, say and we'll listen, but not be bullied. Nobody's trying to bully you, Eric. We're all goodies here. Hey, Chris McVeigh, welcome aboard to Politics and Right. Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome to Politics and Right. DJ Farrow, welcome to Politics and Right. Uh, who else is here? I think I got all the new people that just signed in. Okay. All right. Next video, folks. Man, we're getting, we're almost halfway already. Let, next video. Uh, before, before we get into filibuster, I want people to not give Republicans a pass or make it seem like everything, there was this insurrection a few days ago and we forget about it and then everything is okay. That is the worst thing we could do. That sets us up for this to happen again. We have to hunt down every person that was in that insurrection, that was a part of that insurrection, and we must also make sure that the politicians who were a part of it pay the price. They're kicked out of the Senate, kicked out of the House. We have to, even if we are not successful in kicking them out of the Senate and the House, we have to give it a possibility that we're working towards doing that. And likewise, when it comes to those people that we have physical evidence that they violated the law to get into the, that violated the law to get into the, to the Capitol, we must do so. And we must do so so that the next person who thinks about possibly an insurrection will think twice. They must pay and they must pay dearly. They must be locked up and locked up for a very long time. We have people in the ghettos and the barrios. They steal a cigarette or something and they're locked up. These people try to overthrow the government. They must be locked up. They must be locked up. But anyhow, uh, there are a few Congress people that are making sure to keep the heat on. I want you to see this interview uh, with one of the, the, the managers, the House managers that are going to try Trump so that you can see how we need to handle the media with respect to the insurrection. How are you and your colleagues preparing for that Senate trial? What do you think uh, the trial will look like? Will there be witnesses? Is there evidence that you or gathered that has not yet emerged to the public in terms of what we've been reporting on following this mob attack? Well, um... First, you know, of course, this is more than a mob attack. This was an attempted coup of our government because this occurred on no other date but one of the most sacred for our democracy, that being January 6th with the certification of the Electoral College. 
I think what you'll find very interesting is that uh, this impe the impeachment managers, we're all working incredibly hard, really working as a team, uh, looking at every angle. We have an amazing group of staff, attorneys, outside counsel that we are working with. And what's unique about this impeachment, I think from any other, is that all of us have been witness to the crime. The conspiracy of Donald Trump to commit this crime over a protracted period of time, the actual crime itself, um, in real time, Americans were able to see what was happening. And the jurors of this trial are actually the victims as well. That, I think, is absolutely unique to this impeachment. Uh, and so you will hear about that at the trial. Can you give us a preview of what your arguments will focus on? What is the core of the argument that you are making that uh, takes it beyond just the uh, public statements that we've heard from the president to, as you mentioned, and as the word you used, conspiracy? Well, I think that I use the word conspiracy because the article, articles of impeachment lay that out, right? Um, Trump has engaged in a prolonged effort to overturn the results of a presidential election and to maintain his grip on power. He did that at the expense of the American people, at the expense of our democracy. He spent months spreading disinformation about the results, utilizing that disinformation to antagonize and to drop that in the minds of individuals who were already uh, listening to him, following what he said. He knew who they were. He was, it was foreseeable to him what would happen if he brought them all to Washington on January 6th, ginned them up, lit the match, and then set the fuse on fire for what was in fact an insurrection, an attempted assassination of the vice president, of the Speaker of the House, of other members. An absolute travesty of our democracy took place, and Donald Trump was the instigator of that. We spend a lot of time. And Donald Trump was the instigator of that. Uh, my brother, Lee Grant, for the last two days, you've been telling me that this wasn't an insurrection. Let me define it from Webster. An insurrection. An act or instance or of revolting against civil authority or an established government. They broke into the Capitol to stop the certification of the election. That's an insurrection. They did so violently. Five people died. That's an insurrection. It's not my definition. It's Webster's definition. So please, sir, please. It was an insurrection. It was a, tre it was a treasonous, seditious insurrection. That's what it really, really was. I know it's hard to... Look, you're a conservative, uh, Lee Grant. You're a good conservative. Eric is a good conservative. Unfortunately, too many of the people on the right right now, they are undemocratic, they are fascist, and they are insurrectionists. It's not me saying that. It's their actions that are saying that. Not me. It's their actions that are saying that. Egbert, Lee Grant now says, Egberto, as a fan of democracy, how can we call for the elimination for legally elected officials? Legally elected officials, again, within the Constitution, 12. I think it's Amendment uh, Article 12. If you 
the, if you do something insurrectionist against our government, you have no right to, that's, it's in our constitution, okay? It's in our constitution. You cannot serve federally, period, punto final. And yes, I'm a Democrat, and I'm, I believe in strong democracy, and that's why I believe in these issues. If you try or you attempt to overthrow democracy, you have no right to be a part of the government of that democracy. It's that simple. It's not rocket science. Uh, I think also Eric was saying, bring up the issue about the, the guards that were thrown out of the Capitol. It was a very stupid move by the Capitol Police again. Heads should roll against that. Luckily, all senators, both Democratic senators and Republican senators, they came out, talked to those guys to atone for the, the insensitivity. The, the, I mean, but let me, let me just say one thing. This is funny because it doesn't surprise me that after everything was okay, that the military got kicked out, that the, that the guards got kicked out. Because here's the truth. In America, we, do, we, we talk a good game when it talks to be, oh, we, we revere the troops. We honor the troops. We don't honor a damn thing about our troops. We want them to go out there and, and preserve capitalism. But when they come back to the United States, we treat them like animals. We, we, give the, we have everything for show. We have the alerts and we have the nice uniforms and on special days we honor them and we, have, and, and we do all those nice things. But when it is time to give them money and give them good health care, we, we have to fight about giving these guys good health care. They save us. Thank you. It's the 14th Amendment. They save us. And yet we have to beg to fund the, 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 uh, the, the VA. You have to beg to give them what's theirs. So please, uh, when, wh what happened in the Capitol is not surprising. Our establishment government on all sides are not really good to the military. They have the semblance of goodness. But the truth of the matter is they don't. If we really want goodness for the military, we have to want goodness for everybody. Okay, that's the reality. If we want the military treated right, we have to make sure that all Americans are treated right. And right now, that isn't the case. The top 20% gets everything. Okay? And a lot of us here are in the top 20%. But a lot of us also have a heart. A lot of us also are sufficiently humble or sufficiently empathetic to understand that 80%, the reason 74 million or 71 million or whatever million people voted for Donald Trump is because he spoke to their heart, not to their brains, to their heart. I am going to do something for you. And them Democrats won't. And then the, vote, the, the 81 million who voted for the Democrats, they hear, hey, we're going to work for you. And we better be, you know, so uh, look, here's the deal. The establishments are all the same. If you want policies that are going to support you all, Support the progressive politicians and demand progressive policies from everybody. Demand progressive policies from Republicans. Demand progressive policies from Democrats. Demand progressive policies from progressives. That's the only way both the military, the poor person, and the average American citizen is going to get their due. Because right now, in this pandemic, the fact that all the rich people are making more money under this pandemic than they or the pandemic should tell you something. The f and hear me out. Look it up. The fact that...
that Bezos could make the monies that he's making now during a pandemic, it tells you our economic system is a fraud. And the only way to change it is to change the law and to change the economic system and the methods by how it works. And, you know, we know the solutions, right? By the way, I talk about that is, I'm, I'm, I'm writing that in Make America Utopia, a book that should have been out over a year ago. I'm working on it right now. But it, it's not my, these aren't my ideas. These are ideas that are well known within the very many spheres of economics. Right? But it's how do we talk to people to convince them that they're being lied to by so many you know, I sit down and wonder, why, or why, do, why did all those people go to Washington to fight for somebody who doesn't care about them? Why did they put their lives on the line for somebody who looks down on them? And that's what we do all the time. And by the way, progressives, don't, don't sing glory, glory, hallelujah as if we are so much better. We're not. We're not. We have to form a coalition. We, yes, he sells my book to Grant, you're right. We have to form a coalition. And this coalition, I think Norman and I have been talking about this for a few, for a few of, uh, times. We have to form a co coalition of the barrios, the ghettos, Appalachia. That coalition has to work together. They split us up for a reason. Because if we get together, we realize that we need the same things. And when we realize that we need the same things, we work together. And when we wake, work together, guess what happens? We start taking what's ours. We start demanding what's ours. So how do we start taking what's ours? That's how I can segue right into the filibuster. There are two trends of thoughts right now. Democrats under Biden and a few others, or try, they think they can negotiate with Republicans to, to pass policies under the cloture rule. The cloture rule meaning they need 60 votes so that they can actually vote on something that's going to require 51 votes. Kind of silly to me, right? 60 votes so that you can vote on something that requires 51 votes. But you won't be able to talk about it unless you get 60 votes. Makes no sense. It has, always been a, un, a, a, it has always been an undemocratic policy. But before we get too deep into that, I want to I say something. Before we get too, too deep, I want to say something. Check this out. This is important. If you add up all the people in the states that get senators, the states that are represented by Blue states probably have 40 million more people than the other states. Or some, somewhere around there. Don't quote me on that, but it's a lot different. It's a lot bigger. I mean, Wyoming has like 500,000 people and California has like 39,000. Like 500,000 people. California has like 439 million people. 67 times more people than Wyoming. Yet, Wyoming gets two senators. So check. let, let me show you the exponential nature of how the filibuster hurt people in hurt the majority of this country. The majority of this country has placed, have voted in the progressive direction. Punto y final, period. But it doesn't matter, right? Become Mississippi, small state gets two senators. Wyoming, small state get two senators. 
California, big state, gets two senators. You're asking California not only to take the pain of having just two senators, but having to have a super majority to get policies that you may want even brought up for a vote. So it's not only that you're underrepresented in the number of senates that you have, you are also misrepresented in that you need to you need to punch above your or punch way above your weight to get something because now your two votes is not enough. So therefore, especially in these times where Republicans have an agenda that they don't intend to change, the filibuster is a clear and present danger to progressive policies that most Americans want. And as such, we should just give Republicans one chance to pass a progressive bill. And if they absolutely won't bend, because remember, this bill isn't a Democratic bill. It's a bill for all Americans. If they continue to support not American people, but their benefactors, we immediately kill the filibuster. It is undemocratic anyway. And it needs to die. So how do we, you know, a lot of people think, oh, the filibuster, there's something, you know, that's against the Constitution. No. All you constitutionalists, all of you who believe strongly in the Constitution, I'm not a super super constitutionalist because I think it has too many damn flaws. But those of you who believe in the Constitution, the word filibuster is never used in the Constitution. There's no, there's no filibuster in the Constitution at all. That was placed way after it was formed. And it's not necessary. It's not required at all. The other thing that we need to do is we are going to have to get rid of the filibuster if we are going to start giving this country true democracy. As Lawrence Sims says, D.C. gets none. D.C. has more people than several states that have two senators, yet they have no representatives as a senator. They have no representative as a congressperson. Eric Hayes says, Egberto, you can't force people to do things that is your opinion, but how do you check power and abuse thereof? This is not, there's nothing that I'm saying here that is an opinion, Eric. What I'm, what, everything that came out of my mouth was a fact Wyoming has 500,000 plus people. California has 39 million. That's a difference of six to seven times. Not six to seven more. Not six to seven thousand people more. Six to seven times the amount of people of Wyoming. Yet they get the same two senators. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. The fact that more Californians want progressive policies and Wyoming, the 500,000 people in, in Wyoming, are try, attempting to force all those millions of Californians that want something else, that they are forcing them to live their conservative dream, that's not democracy. They can live their conservative dreams within their state for policies that aren't federal. They can do that. But remember also, it's not only that Wyoming does not want to give its due to California. The other thing is that Wyoming is a debtor state. In other words, Wyoming takes money from California. How is it a power grab? You know who has you know what the power grab is? Wyoming is a power grab. Let me explain. Wyoming puts uh, Calif- uh, Wyoming takes more money out of the federal government than it puts in. So Wyoming is a welfare state. 
Wyoming, with only 167th the population of California, gets two senators. So they get a chance to tell California, I am going to take your money. That is the power grab. And this is, that is a fact. This is not an opinion. That is a fact, sir. Please, you can look it up. Look up the population of California. Look up the population of Wyoming. Look up the amount of money that California gets from the federal government. Look up the amount of money that Wyoming gets from the federal government per capita. And you see what I'm talking about. Wyoming, Mississippi, Louisiana, they are welfare states. Most of the red states are welfare states. They take more money out of the government and we put more money. And blue states money into the government. That's a fact. It's not an opinion. So think about it. Eric now says, how does Wyoming do this if there are less people? Because they have two senators. It's math. Two senators. Two senators for 500,000 people. California, two senators for 39 million people. That means the power of that 500 million to 500,000 people is much larger on a per capita basis than California. It is that simple. This has to end, people. Kentucky is also one of the biggest debtor states, or rather, welfare states. They take more money out than they put in. And it's funny because it's all these conservative states that are always talking about welfare when their states themselves are welfare states. They're always talking about all the welfare people in New York or the welfare people in, in California. No. Put the mirror up, folks. Your state is the welfare state. So now, I have some, I, I have, since we started this late, I have three links I want you to read. One is, the, the first one is, let me put it on the screen here. The first one, the first argument is, uh, Democrats, here's how to lose 2022 and deserve it. In other words, if you don't get rid of the filibuster, you will lose 2022. Again, I repeat to my brothers and my sisters, you don't get rid of the filibuster, pass laws so that Americans can see we actually get things accomplished. We will lose 2022, meaning progressives, Democrats as well, will lose 2022. That's an article from the New York Times. Another article that I want to send to you is now one from the Washington Post. This one is from an alternative point of view that is all wrong. Just read it, you'll see. It's called The Case Against Democrats Nuking the Filibuster. He's likely paid to write that article. Here is the link for that particular article. And then I want to provide you with the justification, uh, or, or rather the history of the filibuster. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 
15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto alarm rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Uh, the conclusion of it said the following. First, the history of extended debate in the Senate belies the received wisdom that the filibuster was an original constitutional feature of the Senate. The filibuster is more accurately viewed as the unanticipated consequence of an early change to Senate rules. Second, reform of Senate rules is possible. There are conditions that can lead a bipartisan supermajority to agree to change Senate rules. The minority has often held the upper hand in these contests. However, given the high barrier to reform imposed by inherited Senate rules, and that's the problem. That's why we need to nuke it as soon as we can. Because as, as, uh, as things move on, we will get weaker and the ability to do that will change. Third, and finally, the Senate adopted a supermajority rule not because senators were uniformly committed to a filibuster. Senators chose a two-thirds rule because a minority blocked more radical reform. Short-term pragmatic considerations almost always shape contests over reform of Senate rules. So therefore, the thing here, folks, is the following. One must kill the, 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 the uh, filibuster. If you take a look at when the Republicans wanted to get all those Supreme Court justices, when they wanted to deny Obama uh, his, his, uh, his Senate, they used the filibuster to do it. When they wanted to get two, uh, two uh, Supreme Court justices on, they killed it. They, the Republicans, killed the filibuster to force two Supreme Court justices on that we didn't want. So think about it. Now, Eric Hayes continues, you want to change, you, you want change to the Senate in order to make sweeping changes without checks on power? Uh, no, I, we want the power to make changes that Americans want. We want to support a democratic America. That's why we want to change Senate rules. Right now, we do not have a democratic rule. The states like New York and California tax people so much and don't return. Is First of all, you shouldn't care about California or New York. The fact that people live there and stay there means they like it. The other thing is this. They educate their people and they give their people health care. In Texas, you don't. We have over 1 million Texans that are uninsured. Our, 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 our Republican Congress is so evil, and I don't use that word loosely. Let me, let me inform you of something, Eric Hayes. When the, Afford the, uh, the Affordable Care Act was passed, there was a, the, the, the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act for three years gave free health care to the indigent, to those who could not get insurance. They could get health care. It cost the state zero. After three years, it cost the state 10%. Our state said no. The state that claims to be pro-life said no. And in the process, Texas loses over 2,700 lives every year because our murderous Republican Congress 
said no to a humane policy that would have saved lives. You never hear it that way, right? On the news, they are very nice about it. Oh, the Texas Senate or the Texas Senate did not pass the rules to allow uh, the, the Affordable Care Act to go through. And they say it very placé. No, we need to stop that. These Republicans have murdered Texans. These Republicans have murdered Floridians. These, every state that denied coverage to their citizens when coverage was available, they murdered their citizens. Let's be real. Let's, let's speak English. Let's be real about it. And I'm not talking about my Republican brothers and sisters because, look, the way these guys sell this thing, it is easy to buy into the crap. When you go to church and you have an evil minister that tells you to vote against Obamacare, I listened to the Second Baptist Church minister. I almost puked. I listened to the Second, the second Baptist minister. This church that, that abuses kids, all kind of sexual mis mishaps in this church. And I'm listening to him play Holy Roller, convincing his pew to vote against their own interests while he's using their monies, he's using their tithes, he's using all these things to make a lot of money himself, to drive his Mercedes-Benz, to drive his Lexus, to drive all these beautiful cars and keep his mansion up while he tells them to hell with your health care, to hell with policies that help you. These evil evangelical ministers, that's what they are, evil they destroy the lives of their pew. And unfortunately, because of who informs their pew. That's why I tell you, Eric, share my stuff with your people. Even if you don't believe all that I'm saying, some of them will understand and they will probably come back to you and talk to you. But these evil evangelical pastors hurt their pew. That is why we do what we do here. We try our best to inform. And you know what? A lot of people are going to hear this. A lot of people in, in the long run are going to hear all of this. And that's what it's all about. Folks, I just realized we went through the whole show without me saying, Hey guys, those of you that are on YouTube, please consider joining our posse. Bridge MCP's PDR Posse. Please go ahead and click that join button. Become a member. We need you to be able to continue telling the message, going out there and making people know what's going on. If you are not on YouTube, you can still become a part of our YouTube Posse by going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. You can also support us via Patreon by going to politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Alternatively, you can support us at PayPal as well. That is politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. We need your support. If you go ahead and, and join up right now, I'll see it right. If you join right this minute, just go ahead, click that join button, join right now. I'll see it and I'll be able to give you a shout out. Hey, guess who just joined? We need your support. We honestly need your support to continue doing all this work. Uh, likewise, you can go ahead and get our book. The book is called It's Worth It. I'm going to put it on the screen again. It's Worth It. How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Brothers, Neighbors, Friends. All, actually, the name of the book is How to Talk to Your right uh, Rather, It's Worth It. How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. You can go ahead and get this book right there at Amazon. But alternative, if you want to take out the middleman, you can get it directly at our store, which is the one where we prefer but, you know, a lot of people feel 
they feel better getting it from Amazon because, you know, they have a relationship with Amazon. So you can still get it at Amazon. Uh, yeah, politicsandright.com store is where you can get it. You can get our T-shirts, our cups, all that good stuff. If you're on YouTube, you can also get things like our hoodies, masks, all that good stuff on the YouTube rack that's right under the YouTube channel. But uh, what we really need is your support in any one of those channels. politicsandright.com slash Patreon. politicsandright.com slash PayPal. politicsandright.com slash YouTube. politicsandright.com slash store. We couldn't do this without you. What I like to do is tell people what is it that your support, what is it that it's doing. I tell people all the time, the right wing, the reason you have Eric having all that sort of messaging right now is that Eric is receiving very good messaging from the right wing. Very good messaging. They do a very good job at it. And because there's not a lot of what we do, it overpowers the message. I made the commitment to do the following. And the commitment is as follows. I put out three to five blogs every day to make sure and put out the progressive message. Truthful messages. Three to five blogs a day. Three to five videos a day. Truthful messages. So that people can, see, they can get it in every form that they want. They can read it, they can watch it, or they can listen to it. So we put out our product as blogs, as videos, and as very regular podcasts. We also have this show here on Politics and Right on the Internet. And we have one show a week on KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Why do we do that? We have to do our part. And when I tell you we have to get moving now, today, ahora, pronto, now, soon, it's because we have to make sure that the message goes out. If we don't get the message out, we are overpowered. We are over, because uh, uh, Lee Grant, uh, he sends me a lot of links from uh, Red, uh, he sent me a couple Red State links, he sent me a couple of other links from other places. So, Come on, uh, Lee Grant, you know when I don't say things that aren't so, Lee, by now you should know that. Okay, anyhow, thank you for listening to the podcast on, uh, Apple, uh, on Apple, Paul Fleming. But yeah, so that, that, is, that is my little part for, the, for this. And Eric, I appreciate you coming here every day and listening too. And I want you to share it too. You know, you, you can just say, this is, my, this is my pinko liberal friend. We are friends. Okay? So go ahead and, and do that. But again, folks, please support us at our show. I'm going to put, that, uh, put those links in. Well, I just put the links in there. I don't need to do it again. But anyhow, please support our show. I got to get out of here. I want to thank you so kindly for listening to the program. I know you could be anywhere. The internet is huge. It has a lot to offer. That you spend this time with me, I appreciate it. My name is Egberto Willis. Love you all. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 
but we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.